everyone. Thanks for tuning in. We want to invite you to learn more about the heart and vision of City of Lights. So check out our website at cityoflights.church and find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at City Lights Indie. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now, today is, uh, there's a special treat. It's a special treat for me on a couple different levels. For those of you who do not know, I actually wasn't supposed to be here this morning. Uh, one of our board members for City of Lights and a dear friend of mine, Pastor Adrian Crawford, who's been here before, he was hosting a conference this year called the New Rules Conference. It was the first annual New Rules Conference in Tallahassee, Florida, where uh, Kelly and I pastored uh, for several years. And unfortunately, due to the hurricane, it was postponed. And so I was in Nashville, and my flight was canceled, and we had to work all these different things out. It's going to be happening in January. And we just do want to, I just want to take a brief moment and just lift them up in prayer. We've got a lot of friends and family there. So God, I just pray for all of our family up in in, down in Tallahassee in Panama City. Lord, I pray that you would help them to rebuild, that you would get their power on. Lord, that you would pour out your generosity and the generosity of your church on that area that has been ripped apart, Lord God. Lord, I pray for restoration of homes, but more importantly, restoration of souls and families, God. So we thank you for your grace there in Jesus' name. Amen. So I say it's bittersweet because though I was bummed that the conference was canceled, I actually instantly and immediately got very excited that I was going to be here to introduce and support your speaker this morning. So uh, I'm not going to, I don't want to tear into too much of his time, but I do want to say this. We very well would not be in this building had it not been for this gentleman uh, and God connecting us together. We were we launched as a church a year and a half ago in the movie theater over at Glendale Mall, which is a whole nother miracle story and a, and, a, and a blessing and relationship. And as I was thinking about just how can we create more space for our families, serve our families more effectively, and how can we also build more uh, with the community, I was at the co-work space that I uh, that I work from, and I happened to be on the phone with another pastor, for pa- uh, Pastor Justin Davis over at Hope City, and he was telling me, he's like, John, I just had this meeting in this YMCA, and it is beautiful. If you guys are looking for a space, you need to talk to this guy I know. His name is Josh Heaston. And as I'm having this conversation with him on the phone, Josh is calling in on the phone, and Justin goes, wait a second, he's calling me right now. And he merges our phone calls. We start talking, and it was like one of those like third wheel things where we're having this God conversation, and Justin's like, uh, okay, I'll, I'll let you guys talk. Um, and, uh, and we decide, okay, let's meet tomorrow at 1 o'clock, and we hang up the phone, and I was so stirred. I could not wait till the next day, so I drove my car right over here into the parking lot, and it has been an incredible joy. What The one thing I realized is when I had met him, I had already seen Josh multiple other times at other citywide gatherings. And let me tell you about this man. He is a kingdom man. He is a man that deeply loves God and he deeply loves the body of Christ and wants to see it built up. And God has given him incredible burden and an opportunity within the YMCA. I'm not gonna steal from from that part of his story. But he, whether you know it or not, he has been a part of our story and has continued to be a part of our story. And so this morning, can we please give Josh Heaston a big family greeting and welcome as he brings the word to us. Come on.
As John said, uh, my name is Josh Easton. Uh, I am 42 years old. I am the, hey, I am the husband of Jessica Easton for the last 16 and a half years or so. Uh, we stood on an altar at that point and committed our lives to each other uh, through 32 cent bank accounts and through health challenges. And it's been an amazing, amazing ride. One small thing about our, our marriage and our relationship, we just did something crazy in that we decided we were going to save our first kiss for the altar. Yeah, it was a little, uh, probably the toughest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> but you know what? We figured we had made so many mistakes in the past. We wanted to lay a foundation that we could build upon for the future. And uh, we actually put it in the back of our program. That, and people knew our story, and people were holding us accountable. And uh, I tell you what, when my pastor said, you may kiss the bride, the crowd went berserk. <laughs> and we, we had an amazing first kiss. One thing I will tell you is when you store up that passion, um, if you're not careful, you'll end up with four kids in five years. <laughs> hey. If you know what I mean. I'm also the dad of Abby. She's 15. Caitlin, she's 14. Joey, he's 13. Benny, he'll be 12 uh, <laughs> next, next month. And we also added another one. Uh, God moved our hearts to adopt out of the foster care system. So we have a little girl named Joy. And, and a joy she is. I'm also the director of Christian Mission for the YMCA of Greater Indianapolis. And... I can't wait to serve the Lord the rest of my days inside the YMCA. And we'll talk about that more in a minute. But probably the most important thing you need to know about me is that I love Jesus deeply. But it hasn't always been like that. So this morning, John asked if I would share a little bit of my story and a few of the things that I learned along the way about serving the community and people. So uh, to get us started, I'd love to just tack on to one of your values here at City of Lights, and that is honor. And I would like to start off by honoring John, and that you guys have a pastor who loves the Lord deeply, is committed to this church, and is committed to touching lives in this community. You are blessed to have a pastor like John. And let me just tell you something about Kelly Owens. She's not the woman behind the man. She's the woman right next to him, doing it along with him. So you are, you are blessed. Now, having said that, I am not John Owens. Right? I don't have the cool sneakers. I don't have the red watch. I'm not going to sing a few bars between my points. I'm not an amazing biblical scholar or a teacher. Matter of fact, I wore the coolest outfit that I had. I'm just being honest. I like the hair. I like the hair. Hopefully I'm here to encourage you today and maybe inspire, maybe even challenge you a little bit. So before I share a little of what the Lord's taught me, I'd like to share a little of my story. Let me tell you something. God's given us each a story. Right? If you read the scriptures, what's in there? Stories. And we have got to learn to 
embrace our stories, grow our stories, and have a deep willingness and desire to share our stories. So my story starts off in a Christian home with amazing parents. Church every Sunday, 13 years of a private Christian school, and I cheated on my Bible tests. And I share that with a fair amount of shame. Because what I was taking was nothing more than information and knowledge. It had never gone from here and gotten to here. See, I found out early on that I was really good at something. It's kind of odd, but I was really good at pool. I was a pool player, right? Not, I'm not doing this. I'm talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> All right? And at age nine, I began going into a pool hall. I don't know how many people here have been to a pool hall. Not one of the most uh, upstanding places in the community. But I ended up getting really good at the game of pool. I won several junior tournaments and represented the state of Ohio in national tournaments. When I was 17, I won a tournament in the state of Ohio, qualified me to go to Las Vegas and represent Ohio in a national tournament. When I went out to Vegas, I came in third in the country. And that qualified me to go to Taipei, Taiwan and represent the United States on the junior world pool team. Went to Taipei, came in fifth in the world. But I didn't have a foundation in my life of the Lord. And you know what I became? I became a chameleon. Someone that was extremely good at adapting to my surroundings. Right? I'm at church. I'm in the front row. I'm just kind of hanging out. Got my pager and my 500 in my pocket. Can't wait for it to get over so I can get to the pool room. And then when I get to the pool room, I can act how I normally act at the pool room. Kids, seeing you guys in the front row worshiping the Lord. There's nothing better than that. So before I knew it, I went six years traveling the country playing pool. Ended up with a gambling addiction where I would bet up to $3,000 on a game of pool. One game. And when I couldn't play pool any longer, I still had this addiction. So I ended up betting on sports and gambling. And before I knew it, I'm this 23-year-old young man riddled in addiction, far from God, and it made shambles of my life. I remember sitting in a bar, getting drunk, looking at all these people, running up my tab, and just thinking, I'm sitting in a room full of people, but I'm still all alone. And it was then... I started to realize I had this hole in my heart, right? I've been trying to stuff alcohol and $100 bills and all kinds of things in this hole, but I didn't know what to do with it until June 20th of 2000 came. And on June 20th of 2000, woke up like every other day around 2 o'clock in the afternoon and went right to the card room ready to gamble. Trying, I got $120 in my name. I'm going to put it in action and try and Win all I can. By about 2.45, I was dead broke. Went over to my friend's house. Got, we got messed up. I 
stumbled down into the basement on a house on the worst side of our hometown. And for the first time in my life, I had this thought come in my head. Josh, you've absolutely ruined your life. You've lied, you've cheated, you've stolen. You've got nothing to live for, you've got no friends, you might as well just end it all. To which I remember looking around that basement thinking, I've never had that thought, and I wouldn't even know what to do. But the next thought was this, Josh, you've heard about me your entire life. But have you ever really tried me? And I don't know if you've ever been at a point of desperation, but there ain't no BS in the room. Either we're going to have a conversation or we're not. And at that point, I said, God, I messed my life up. And I am so far from you, I don't even know what it would look like to be near you. And I don't want to live how I'm living. So if you'll forgive me and you'll save me, I'm ready to change my life. And I even took it a step further. I said, I don't even know what that means or looks like, but I'm going to serve you. And when I opened my eyes, I'm telling you the only way I could describe it was the Damascus Road. I woke, I opened my eyes, and it was like I see a little bit differently. I feel a little bit differently. The next three months, I locked myself in my room, and I started to begin to pray and fast and worship. See, I'm a black and white guy, right? There's either you eat zero ruffles or you eat the whole bag, right? Either I'm in or I'm out. That is just how I roll. And let me just tell you this. I am the product of a gracious God and a praying mother. She would tell me you were out, you were partying, I was in your room and I was taking communion for you. My mom prayed me into the kingdom. As a matter of fact, is there anyone here who's praying for a loved one or a friend to, to come to Christ? Raise your hand real quick. Let's do this. Put your hands on whoever raised their hand. Let's just pray for them. And I'm going to pray for them how I prayed, how my mother prayed for me. Let's pray. Lord, we stop church to do church. And Lord, we remember what our lives were like before we came into a right relationship with you. And Lord, we come to you with our friends and our families. And God, would you become real to them? Not words on a page and a story from a speaker. But would you reveal who you are to them? Lord, would you do whatever it would take to get their attention? And then, Lord, would you use us, use someone that we don't even know in their spiritual journey to bring them into a right standing relationship with you? So, Lord, we just pray for the people in this room who are praying for the people in their lives that they love. God, would we see many people come to know you from what was done here this morning? And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So now, I am in this relationship with God. I'm plugged into a church. And let me tell you, I'm going to everything the church did anytime it was open. The old ladies praying, the young guys showing up. Right? They're giving out food. I'm there with my bags, ready to give out. 
I didn't know what to do, so all I did was plug in to what I knew was right. And while I was serving, I'm volunteering in the youth group, and this young lady by the name of Stacy Herzog comes up and says, Josh, you're doing a great job with the youth group. Have you ever thought about working for the YMCA? I'm like, well, I don't have a job. I do like working with kids. You get me a job, I'm in. She gets me my first job in the Y, making $5.15 an hour. Hey, let me just put it in perspective. I just went from betting $3,000 on one game of pool to make working one hour for what I used to tip the barmaid. God was reworking me in that season. So she sends, I get the job. My boss sends me to New Staff Orientation. At New Staff Orientation, they teach me the mission statement of the YMCA. 17 words to put Christian principles into practice through programs to build healthy spirit, mind, and body for all. I said, I'm not a genius. That sounds like ministry. So I went back to my boss. I said, Jeanette, how are we putting Christian principles into practice and helping build healthy spirit in these kids? She said, yeah, we're not doing that. Now I'm like, what kind of organization did I just join? <laughs> my boss just told me to go learn the mission statement. I bring it back, and she says, we're not doing it. So I said, here's something crazy. What would you think if I tried? And she says, you know, all right. So what I did was, I kept playing Connect Four and throwing the football and helping my kids with homework, but I tried to sprinkle a little Jesus in. We'd read a story, sing a song, do a skit. It wasn't 90% of the program. It was like 10% of the program, but it was there. So we thought, man, we're going to get in trouble for this. It was exactly the opposite. We heard parents say, hey, thank you for reinforcing what we're teaching our kids at home. And thank you for reinforcing what they're learning at church. We didn't get one complaint. So then I got promoted. Now I'm over 80 kids, and it, we just kept doing it and kept doing it. It was amazing. Then I come to this point where I'm going to get married. And by the way, you can't get married and make seven bucks an hour. So I had to get a full-time job, and I started about thinking, leaving the Y. I got to get, got to get some money. I got to get married. And the lady at the Y created a full-time job for me inside the Y, selling memberships. And it was there um, my life changed. So at that point, I got a baby. We got a baby on the way. I'm doing 20 hours worth of Bible school a week, thinking I'm going to be a church planner one day. Working 40, 50 hours a week. And as I'm at my desk, this man by the name of Thomas Mitchell comes up. And he said, Josh, if the YMCA is a Christian organization, why don't you have a Bible in your lobby that I could read? I'm like, great question. I don't know the answer. Let me get back to you. I went through this journey of going back into our history. Do you know day one of the YMCA was a 23-year-old kid, 11 of his friends on their face in a room, praying and crying out that God would use them to physically and spiritually touch their community. Before they knew it, they had 250 kids crammed in the room, and our history book said they would pray and study the book of Matthew. They said, this is good. We got to call ourselves something. How about the Young Men's Christian Association? Seven years later, they started to add pools and gyms. You know why? To attract more people. You know why? So they could impact them with the gospel. Fast forward 150 years, we need to have a Bible in our lobby that our members could read. So, 
I get this thing welling up in me. I don't know if you've ever had it. Bill Hybels calls it a holy discontent. Like, this, this is not right. So God began to give me a vision of all the different ministry we could do through a YMCA. Right? We're not like a church. We didn't have to go out and get anybody. I think our number last year is we had around 225,000 people come to us. So we got to figure out how do we use what God's given us to spiritually impact people. So there, I didn't know what to do, but here I was. I was plugged into a church. I was listening to podcasts, and I heard this verse in Habakkuk. Ever studied Habakkuk? Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Habakkuk 2, 2, and 3. I'm going to paraphrase. We're going to look at it in a minute. It says, write the vision or revelation down. Make it plain on tablets so the herald may run with it. Even though it lingers, wait, it has an appointed time. So what do I do? I don't know what to do. I just write it down. I got eight pages of that yellow paper, chicken scratch, Josh handwriting. Didn't know what to do. Typed it up. And then I'm thinking, this Harold run with the thing. Maybe I'll just start passing it out to people, see what they think. So I started passing it out. People in the Y, they're like, yeah, this, this is great. It'll never work. Like, tell me more. Well, the CEO here is not a Christian back in Toledo, Ohio. He said, matter of fact, he claims to be the most secular YMCA CEO in the country. He don't want anything to do with God. We heard him tell a vice president in a meeting who wanted to open with a quick prayer and a devotion to shut his mouth, we're not going to do that here. Well, I'm thinking, well, I don't have an ally there. So what did I do? I just kept handing it out and praying and, and just waiting. What did that verse say? It has an appointed time. So months go by. Probably nine months go by. I'm sitting in my apartment with my wife, and I felt the Holy Spirit nudge me. Said, call the CEO of the Y and share your vision with him. Now, I don't know if you've ever had that type of nudge, but that goes against everything physically that's going on in my life. Right? I'm making 19 grand a year. Can I get an amen? I got full-time medical benefits. I got a baby and a baby on the way and a wife. We're living in an apartment. We're drinking Mountain Dew to stay awake to go through Bible school. I mean, I, I can't afford to be unemployed here, God. Right, here we go. Boom, wrestling. I'm wrestling. Takes me back to my conversion night. Where I told him, I said, I'd do anything for you. And I just couldn't shake it. I couldn't shake it. So I'm thinking, oh, God, I'm going to do it. I don't know if you know you're even your CEO of where you work. But I made an appointment. It took me a couple channels to get there. Very long story short. We sit down in a meeting. I pass these papers over to him. I start talking about him. Ten minutes in, Johnny goes just like this. Stop. I'm thinking, here we go. Right? Was it crucifixion part two? Am I going to be upside down, right side up? How am I going to tell my wife I'm unemployed? And this is what he says to me. He says, I don't, almost word for word. He says, I do not know why you're coming to me with this right now. But two months ago, I gave my life to Christ. And he says, you're not going to understand this, but this is something we want to do in our YMCA. He said, over here, there's a group, a Christian foundation that just gave a million dollars to build a YMCA. There were only two hooks to it. One, they get the naming rights. That's fine. Two, that we would allow them to facilitate Christian ministry through all the YMCAs in Greater Toledo. So over here, they had the avenue but didn't know what to do. I was over here. I had the what, but I didn't have an avenue to do it. In 2003, he gave me my first full-time ministry job inside of a YMCA. 
Listen, I'm going to tell you this. Never, ever thought I would be where I'm at today. So check this out. So then we start doing ministry in a while. I'm going to tell you about it in a minute. But people start Googling YMCA Christian, YMCA Christian Mission, and they find me on the internet. I'm th- I was told you're either, if you're the first page, first slot of Google, which we were, you've either paid a lot of money or there's a lack of content on the internet. <laughs> and I didn't have a budget. There was no one was talking about this 18 years ago or being intentional about it. So people calling me now from Des Moines, from Tacoma. They're saying, hey, we heard what you're doing for the Lord and the why. We love God. We want to do ministry too. Will you help us? Long story short, today we've now created a network of Christians in the why all across the country who are focused on spiritually impacting people through a YMCA. Every Monday at noon Eastern, we gather on a phone call for 30 minutes and all we do is pray. We figure we were birthed in a prayer meeting. What might happen if we prayed again? We gather on a phone call and share ideas once a month. And finally, we gather once a year just to hold each other, pray, encourage, share ideas, and talk about multiplication. Yeah, it gets even crazier. I'm sitting at my desk. I get an email pop in my inbox from the chairman of the Hong Kong YMCA. Did you even know there was a Y in Hong Kong? (laughs) Typically, when you get an email like that, it's either spam or it's God, right? There's no middle ground. Either he's trying to fish a credit card number or God's up to something. So he says, I'm coming to the United States. I'm going to the YMCA archives. I heard what God's doing in your Y. I want to swing through and see you. Another long story short, he comes in. We talk for two hours. And he says, Josh, you don't know this. But this network you guys are creating of Christians in the Y, there's already a network of Christians in the Y in China. And there's also a group of Christians in the Y in India. And also in Munich, and also in Latin America, and also Zambia. And he said, for the last 10 years, we've been praying for the United States. Listen, all I wanted to do was read some Bible stories to kids. And 18 years later, he's given me an opportunity to do something I never thought I could do. So, I want to talk to you a little bit about, John gave me the title of Serving the Community. And I put a little line through it, and I want to talk about people a little bit, right? Because my, my thought process was, man, the last five years, I've been to Hong Kong, India, and London. That was never on my radar. My radar was little Timmy and little Sally and just helping them learn about Jesus. Now, I know here the mission of the church is connect, ignite, and like connect to Christ, and community, ignite with discipleship and leadership development, and light the world in service and outreach. And could I just give you four reminders to keep in mind as this church learns, lives on mission in this YMCA. Here's the first one. Anybody here know LeBron James? Raise your hand. Put your hand up. All right. You don't know LeBron James. You know of LeBron James. And that's where I messed up early in my life. I knew of Jesus, but I didn't know Jesus. Listen, from a kingdom mindset, it all starts when you begin to know Jesus. How, do you, how would you get to know LeBron James? Somehow get his number, right? Hang out, get some chicken wings after the game, play a little. You spend time with LeBron. You listen. You talk. It's the same thing 
when you're building and being in relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen, we don't just read the Bible to read it like another book. And unfortunately, sometimes it's gotten like that. We're going to talk about that more in a minute. I want to share this verse with you. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Listen, I was a taker and I hurt people. And now I've been transformed into a giver who helps people. And that's what happens when you come into relationship with Christ. I remember, and I just did it for fun. There was this goofy dude that came in a pool room. I'd just cuss at him every time he came in. What was I doing? I used to cheat bookies out of money. I used to hustle people who worked all week to try and get their money to support my own gambling habit. There was a guy by the name of Millionaire Marty. Hit the lottery in Toledo. He used to back people playing pool. Group came through Toledo trying to make money off of them. They'd come get me and they say, hey, how about we just play, you get him to back you, and then we'll, you just lose on purpose and we'll split the money. Evil in my heart. That's just crazy. I'm going to cheat a good man out of money. Guess what happened when I gave my life to Christ? This is just crazy. I wrote my testimony out. I walked right in the pool room, pinned it right up on the board. You know the next thing I did? I went up to Marty. Marty might have had $25,000 in his pocket. Maybe, maybe more, maybe less. And I said, Marty, I'm ashamed that I did something. I cheated you out of $125. Mind you, I'm making $5 an hour at the time. And I said, I'm going to give you that money back. He looked at me. People took advantage of him like crazy. But I said, you know what? I want to make this right. When you become a new creation and in Christ, your life will change. Listen to me. Listen to me. The old is gone. The new has come. It's a great picture of baptism. If you've never been baptized or you've been baptized when you weren't in relationship with Christ and you didn't fully understand it and they offer it here, I encourage you to do it. It was one of the most powerful things for me. When I went underwater, the old Josh stayed under. And when I came up, I was raised to newness in Christ. It, it was, listen, it's not just something in the Bible that might be a good recommendation. Listen, get baptized if you haven't been baptized yet. Please do not follow a religion. Please take time to get to know Jesus and spend the rest of your life growing in that personal relationship with him. The second thing that I would share with you is to be spirit-led. There's a great verse in Matthew 4, verse 1. Listen, I went through a period in my life where I was just red letters in the Bible. I want to hear what Jesus said. I need the red letters. Read the red. Read the red. Let me tell you something. There's some good things in the black letters, too. Right? Like this line. You have that verse up there? It's, it's just a little random line, but it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Let's talk about the wilderness. Real quick, just shout out a few words. What would it be like for you to be in a wilderness experience all by yourself? Go ahead. Who got something? Lonely? Scary? Right? Can we just all agree it would be challenging and uncomfortable? Yeah. Yes? Let me make this statement. If you, if you miss all everything, remember this statement. Following Christ 
Every follower of Christ will be led by the Spirit to do challenging and uncomfortable things for the Lord. Listen, let me take you back to two moments in my story where it could have gone either way. Number one was the guy by the name of Thomas Mitchell. I later found out he was a pastor. When he came up to my desk and said, Josh, if the Wise Christian Organization, why don't you have a Bible in your lobby that I can read? He later told me that was the Spirit nudging him. Changed my life. Let me tell you about the other moment. I'm sitting in my apartment with my wife, Jessica. And I hear the Lord nudge me and say, go share, with your, go share with your CEO the vision that I've given you. Listen, we don't come here. We don't study scripture. We don't go to city groups to learn to hear the voice of the Lord and then not act on it when he speaks. Listen, my life has been changed forever by my willingness to be uncomfortable and take a shot to do what I feel like the Lord is calling me to do. That is why we need to continually grow our relationship with the Lord. We need to learn to hear his voice, feel his nudges, and then have the courage to be obedient. And you need to be in community, Christian community, who will encourage you to do that. The next one, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time here because I know we just came out of this series. Know and use scripture in our lives. And I wanted to say it, John, just because I wanted to say it. But we just came out of the series, keeping it 100. Right? It's not 100. It's 100. I just wanted to say that. Let me just give you a quick illustration. The God of the universe, if he was standing right there and you just had a good hour with him, do you know what he would say to you? Here's what he would say to you. We have so many of these. We can get these on our phones. We can get them on podcasts. We can't lose sight of this is the God of the universe who loves us so deeply he gave us his most prized possession to die for our sin and not connect with him through scripture. And let me tell you, I've been through dry seasons in my life. I get it. And I'm actually just coming out of one right now. But don't take this book for granted. Look, take down this, this script. Put that Habakkuk verse up there. Let's look at it just a little bit. Write down the revelation. Listen, it gave me practical what to do when I didn't know what to do. Make it plain on tablets so that the hero may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. Listen, could you imagine if I got it, ran right to the CEO, and he hadn't given his life to Christ yet? That's where the scriptures and being led by the Spirit will change our life. Though it lingers, wait, I got this and people are telling me it's crazy, but it's good. And what do I do? Even though it lingers, wait. This, you need to read it. You need to study it. You need to listen to podcasts. You need to be in a church where it's being explained Not only the context then, but what it means to apply it now. In your small groups, um, don't take the city groups for granted. These are places where you do life together and you get deeper. If you view this like another book to read on your list, it will be just knowledge like it was for me at school. But if you view this as spending time with one of the closest friends who loves you deeply... It will literally change your life. 
We're not going to put the whole verse up there back there, but I want to just tell you this. The last thing I will share with you, and is equally important. Number four, we need to strategically position ourselves around people. Um, so there's a paradigm for YMCA ministry uh, that we felt like the Lord gave us. And that's John chapter 4. And it's the woman at the well. And we won't read the story, but I'll just give you some of the highlights. So if you remember, this all happened at Jacob's well. You know what Jacob's well was at that time? It was a gathering point in the community. And it's where people went to get something physical. Sound like a YMCA? People gather here. They come for something physical. Number two, and this is probably the biggest thing I want you to take away from what Jesus did when he strategically placed himself. It says in in verse uh, six, it says, he sat down by the well. He strategically placed himself around people in the community. We do know from the story in John chapter 4 that Jews do not associate with Samaritans. You know, John, I'll give you the biblical context. I'll say it like this. Listen, Patriots fans and Colt fans don't hang out. Right? And it was that times 10. And then in there she asked a question. She said, where can you get this living water? Listen, when you strategically place yourself in the community, be all right with people asking you questions. And let me tell you, you don't have to have all the answers. You ever heard of this thing called the ministry of presence? The ministry of presence? It's just being there. You showing up is the ministry. So here at the Y, we have a pastor on staff. My job is to figure out how do we spiritually touch people in the Y. Number two, I can't be at all 12 Ys around central Indiana. So you know what we're doing? We're trying to multiply me. We're taking pastors of local churches. We're putting them inside the YMCA to be volunteer chaplains to be around people in the community. Here, simple truth. You want to help someone? You got to be around people who need help. We can't just be here. Next thing we're doing is we're creating Christian mission committees where we're going to have people who love God line up with our approach and then help us do ministry. Book studies, Bible studies, prayer groups, Dave Ramsey class, Zumba class. After that, moms go and pray for their kids. We're trying to create the ultimate of what Jesus did in John chapter 4. And here's what it was. He positioned himself in the community so that someone might have an encounter with him. And that lady in John chapter 4's life was changed. Don't miss this. You are in full-time ministry. You might get your check from Lily, Salesforce, the Y, a church, but the day you gave your life to Christ, you went into full-time ministry. Remington, you're in full-time ministry. Reminder. The majority of Jesus' ministry was in the community and not in the temple. On a mountain by a lake, at a party in someone's home, at a wedding, on a road, or in a boat. Listen to me. You are strategically placed. And let me tell you something. You don't have to go and talk to them about Jesus. You can go and reflect the light. And what, what happens with the light? People are drawn to it. And if you'll trust Jesus and you'll pray... 
He'll give you opportunities to talk to people. As we seek to be more like Jesus, we must also follow his example and strategically place ourselves around people in the community. Let's bring it to a close. I'm going to leave you with these two lines. Ministry is anything you do to help people. Leadership is anything you do to help people help people. Let me break it down. Brittany, when you train people and you help them, Jesus is touching them through you. And girls, when you babysit and don't charge, you're helping people and you're touching those kids. Jesus is touching those kids through you. When you show up to help people, you're allowing the Jesus that lives at you to touch them. Now, leadership is anything you do to help people help people. So John Owens had this dream and vision to plant a church that would help people physically and spiritually. Eric Ellsworth, the CEO at the YMCA, had this dream to help physically and spiritually touch people. So Eric used his influence to help John help people. That's leadership. How you use your influence to help people. Listen, City of Lights, you are not just randomly meeting in some YMCA gymnasium. You were intentionally planted here at one of the wells of the community to touch the lives of people who are hurting. So, where does your passion and gift intersect with God's heart for the people in this community? I shared with you as a pool player. Let me just circle back to that. So now I'm this Christian. I've been walking with the Lord. And I say, God, you've given me this gift. How do I use it? So I used to go down to the juvenile jail and talk with kids who had made some rotten choices. Tattoos on their faces, knuckles, some of the biggest, baddest dudes you'll ever meet. Felons at age 15. And the Lord said to me one time, he just nudged me, he says, Josh, Ask the administrator if you could play pool with him. So I go to the administrator and I said, hey, Tara, this is going to sound crazy, but we only get about eight of the kids who come down to talk to me. What if you lock me in the rec room one-on-one with the hardest kids you got in your jail and let me play pool with them? And she looked at me like, I said, I get it. I know you got cameras, and it's messing with me a little inside too. Hey, but let's try it. So these kids, they're like, hey, they're not much to do in jail, right? Eat, sleep, rec center, you know, write a letter. Ain't much to do. So then anytime they get out of the unit and down in, they're coming. So they come in one by one, right? You know I'm the baddest on the unit, right? Right? Come on, let's go. Let's play. I beat every kid, every game for seven years straight. But listen, when we got done, I would say, what did you learn? And they said, oh, I learned you're good at pool. That's all. I said, that's all you learned? How about this? Very quickly, you found out that I was better than you. But you didn't ask me for help. I would have helped you. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Number two, you were trying to make one ball. I wasn't. I had the whole table laid out. 
I'm going to make the one there and draw back two here, three in the corner, bank the four. I knew where I was going. Where are you going with your life? Every one of those kids I played pool with signed up the next week to come hang out with me. So let me ask you this. Where does your passion and gift intersect with God's heart for the community? And how does God want to touch people through you? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your scriptures. Lord, I just publicly thank you once again for what you've done in my life. Lord, I pray that we in this church would be a people who love you and are willing to love you by loving others. Lord, I pray that you would use this church and more importantly, the people in this church to touch the people in this community. Lord, bless John, bless this leadership and bless this church. I pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. Don't forget, you can find us online at cityoflights.church and connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.